Having said that, inshallah, we move to this, the second topic of our study, and that is children's psychological needs. Loved ones. Insanity is hereditary. You know that? You get it from your children. <laughs> Therefore, you need to understand the children's psychological needs in order not to have this hereditary insanity. Understanding that children's psychological needs enable fathers and mothers to deal with their children in a positive and fruitful way. Whereas, lack of understanding that children's psychological needs leads fathers and mothers to deal with their children in an ill, deficient and a harmful way. Meeting and satisfying the psychological needs of a child is as important as meeting and satisfying his physical needs. Only when the parents attend to the psychological needs and the physical needs of their children, the process of raising children will be upright and healthy. On the contrary, when parents ignore or overlook the psychological needs of a child, his whole life will be disturbed. Understanding the psychological needs of the child provides for two benefits. Benefit number one, explaining the behavior of the child, allowing you to know why. Because when you do not know why the child is doing this crazy stuff, that's what drives you insane. And then when you have this exaggeration in your anger and you say, you're driving me crazy, right? And we talked about one of the ways to handle your anger is not to exaggerate the situation. And you do that by understanding the child's psychological need. And when you understand that, you know why the child is doing what he is doing. And benefit number two, it will allow you to deal with the child in a positive, fruitful way. And today, inshaAllah ta'ala, I will shed some light on some of the children's psychological needs. Need number one is need for play, adventure, and thrill. The child has a psychological need to play. Therefore, if you are watching children doing their homework, if they get one minute to play, they will do it. They will stop studying and play in that one minute. And you say to your child, why don't you pay attention? I mean, I leave you for one minute and you start playing? Well, the child has the psychological need to play. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in the Quran. Allah azza wa jalla said in the Quran that this worldly life, la'ibun wa lahun, play and amusement. The scholars say those two qualities apply to the children. Children like amusement and like to play. And that makes you understand why they utilize every moment to play. I mean, no matter how you say to your child, you need to study and read Quran and do this and do that. If he gets a half an hour break, is he going to go pick a book and read? He's out playing. And say, why you do that? 
The child cannot tell you, well, I have a psychological need to play, you know. <laughs> cannot do that. You need to know that. Need for play, adventure, and thrill. The child grows, and as the child is growing, his desire to put himself in danger, his desire to undergo adventures, grow with him. This is why you see your child on the top of the tree, hanging from a branch, and you get so worried until you get your child down, and then all of your worries turn to anger. But we said one of the anger intensifiers is to understand that and do not allow your worries to turn into anger because the child has a psychological need for adventure. This is because the child day by day is acquiring more skills, more powers, and more abilities, and he or she wants to use his newly acquired skills and abilities in overcoming difficulties and in overcoming problems. So the child feels the need to put himself in situation to demonstrate his abilities and to use his newly acquired skill. So you as a mother might be in the kitchen cooking or you might be doing something and you hear your child screaming, Hey mom, come and see me. And he wants you to see him riding on his bicycle, his hand off and he's standing on the middle bar. And you in fear. But he wants you to see that. He can do that now. So this is a psychological need. You need to understand that. And as the child goes from one adventure to another successfully, he feels a great deal of pleasure and a sense of confidence in himself or in herself and their abilities. They feel that they can utilize the ability and the skill they have. And your role as a parent is to make them aware that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them those abilities to be used in a permissible way and not to be used in a haram fashion. That is your role. So your role is not to inhibit all those activities, but to make them aware on how to use those abilities and skills. Limiting those adventurous behaviors inhibit the child from acquiring a sense of confidence. But of course, as parents, we can minimize the risk and maximize the benefit by supervision and monitoring the child's activities. And when the child does not get what he needs from playing adventure and thrill, he tends to satisfy his need in many destructive alternatives. One of them, I think it is computer games, video games. Those video games are engineered around thrill and adventure, but infested with images of killing, hitting, striking, and blood. What do you think the child will learn when he kills 200 people in one game? What do you think the child is going to learn when he chops five and six heads in one game and all of those imageries look very real and vivid? Do you think that teaches the child to be violent and hostile? Yes, it does. 
So we need to monitor the video games that our children play, what is the content, and we need to monitor how much time they spend playing those video games. Because you want the child to play outside, not to be just moving from the computer game to, and when you are not home, I have seen that in my own eyes. Some children sit before the TV, or the computer and play all those video games. And then when their families take them out to the park, they have the dumb boy in their pocket. So instead of getting up and playing, they take the dumb boy and they start playing with that. The dumb boy or game boy? Game boy, yeah. It's supposed to be called dumb boys, because it makes the boy dumb. There's no more playing, there's no more action, there's no more interaction. Whereas, when the child goes outside and plays naturally, he will gain all the benefits that he needs for his development and growth. Need number two is the need for love and care. And this is for children and also for adults. But it's very important in case of children. In the depth of the child's soul, there is a persistent need to feel loved and cared for. This love and care nurtures the very soul of the child. And when we understand that, we might understand sometimes why our children behave in a way that seems to us to be ridiculous. Maybe a child is begging indirectly for love and care and attention to come his way or her way. Indirect attention solicitations may range from low grades to refusing to be party trained because the child wants attention, whether it's negative or positive. Sometimes children act to be sick or they pretend to be in pain only to get some love and care. And a child that is not loved tends to be hateful and depressed. But the question is, how do we communicate love and care to the child? We do that by several things. One of them is verbal expression. But this is not all. This is one of them. And that is to verbally say to the child that you love him, you love her, and you care for her. But that is not all. You communicate your love and care through establishing physical contact with the child. Kissing and hugging the child and caressing the child. This is how you convey love and care. One time, a man came to the Prophet ﷺ, and he saw the Prophet ﷺ kissing one of his grandsons. The man said to the Prophet ﷺ, Do you kiss your children? I have ten kids, I never kissed any one of them. The Prophet ﷺ said, What can I do for you if Allah removed mercy from your heart? So you convey love and affection through kissing and hugging and caressing. Also you communicate your love and care to your children when you pay attention to their stories. Sometimes the child comes to you and he wants to share with you a story. 
pay attention to his or her story because they are having a very happy moment and they want to bring you into their happiness and this is a golden opportunity to bond with the child and to impart religious truth in his or her heart. Shutting the child off at this moment offends him or her greatly. If you say to your child 30 times a week that I do not have time for you, I do not have time for you, I I do not have time for you, I cannot listen to you now, I cannot listen to you now, do you think the child will get the message that you're not interested in hearing his or her stories? Do you think he would? Sure he would. And then he's going to find somebody else to share stories with, and maybe that will be the wrong crowd. So you need to avail yourself to your child when they want to tell you stories. Avail yourself to them. But if you are busy in that moment, tell them, well, I'm very busy now. Come back to me in 15 minutes. And if he comes back to you in 15 minutes, be prepared to hear from the child a story. And then bond with the child as he is sharing with you this story. And if there's an opportunity to tell them some religious truth, the child at this moment is very receptive to receive that truth. So you tell the child what you want to impart in his heart or in her heart. Also you communicate your love and affection and care to your children by allocating time in which you take your children out and an outing. You take them somewhere and you spend time with them, especially when they are at their younger age. And you tell them, this is, we go together as a family, we play, and this is how you convey to them that you love them and you care about them. It was narrated by Imam Ahmed that a young girl will come and take Allah's messenger hand and he would not remove his hand from her hand until she take him, until she would take him to wherever she wanted. So a young girl would come to take Allah's messenger hand. He would not remove his hand from her hand until she would take him to wherever she wanted. So that means the Prophet ﷺ availed himself to this young child. And he made time for the young child. And he listened to their stories. And you have to do the same with your children. A third psychological need is the need for authority. The child has a psychological need to feel there is an authority watching him, monitoring his behavior and guiding his effort. Even when the child has a rebellious attitude, he or she feels the need to have an authority over them, guiding their efforts and monitoring their behaviors. The child knows he is not an adult, and the child knows he cannot do everything on his own. He relies on you as parents to monitor his behaviors and to guide his efforts. And when he feels not the presence of your authority, 
the child will be confused and lose his sense of peacefulness and settlement. And the child has to feel there is an authority over him. Many times, children act in a way that officially calls for an authority of the father to take place. Many times, the children act in a way to test the limits, see how far they can go. And you need to establish for them the limits. If you don't, they're going to keep on pushing until they fall off the cliff. So you need to put the limits. And the children try to push those limits. But you need to establish those limits. If you do not, they're going to keep on going until they fall off the cliff. So fathers and mothers need to capitalize and the child's need to have an authority over him or her to monitor and control their behaviors, but without being overly controlling of the child's life. In respect to satisfying the child's psychological needs for authority and love, parents fall in one of four categories. I'm going to share them with you insha'Allah. I want you to listen and see in which category you fit best. I hope none of you fit in the first category. Category number A is the neglectful parents. Those kind of parents show neither a sufficient level of authority nor a sufficient level of love and care. The child tends to be careless, hostile, angry and unstable. Then we have the authoritarian parents. They exert a very high level of authority but show a very low level of love and care. They want the child always to behave according to the rules. They do not allow the child to make one small mistake. The house is like a military camp. And the child tends to be rebellious, hateful to his parents, and hold a grudge against them and against all authorities. Because remember, you do not want the child to behave correctly in every situation, but the overall objective, your target, is to make the child as an adult take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as his or her role models. I've seen some parents, they want their children to act like the companions. The companions will not do that, and the companions will not do that, and the child just cannot handle all of that, and they run away from the house. So your objective is not to make your child behave correctly in every situation, but to have an adult that take Prophet Muhammad as his or her role model. Category number three is the spoiling parents. And I think many of us fall in this category. The spoiling parents show in emotion and verbal expression a high level of love. And they show a very low level of effective authority. They might get angry and yell and shout, but this is not effective authority. This combination tends to produce a brat, a selfish, careless child. And the fourth category, which our target is to be of the balanced parents. Those parents who show an appropriate level of love, 
in emotions, expressions, and actions with an appropriate level of authority and guidance. This combination tends to produce by Allah's grace and mercy a loving, mindful, caring, and an obedient child.